0: If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review, as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. On today's episode, Jason Brady and Cameron Allen join me to discuss Being Kinder to Yourself and their film, The Neurodivergent Files. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Jason and Cam, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Hey, man, no problem. I'm glad to Thank be here. Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to start off um, by learning, Jason, like, where does your story in the autistic community begin?
2: I mean, from the moment I was born, honestly, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, for most of my life, I had different difficulties growing up. I never got diagnosed until last year. So during those previous years, I was kind of just like in this weird stage where I knew that some things that I was doing was like a little bit off or like, I knew that I was, I was struggling with different things, but there was no outside help for that, you know, it was all just me having to do trial and error, trial and error to, to improve, you know, my own qualities in life. So it was really difficult growing up, I'm not going to lie, but uh i think around quarantine i really started to like you know take time to like really look into it and really understand who i was and what i was dealing with overall and so after doing my like, research for like a good year i decided i was like okay i'm I'm probably on the spectrum a little bit but i think that in like summer of 2022 i got diagnosed and he, the the, the therapists were just like oh like you're definitely autistic like da, 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 like They knew for sure that I was doing certain things based on what I I gave them, my story based on everything. So after that, that's when I officially started to, to, you know, claim to be autistic.
0: Now, I think it's always important for us to be kinder to ourselves. We... And I read where you said that you are the coolest autistic dude in the towns and it's been a rough couple of years, Um, but your family's, but, but you finally starting the journey to be kinder to yourself. Um, What's been that process for you or maybe a shift in mindset that's allowed you to kind of be kinder to yourself?
2: So just from talking to other people about their experiences, like this as regular people, I realized that the things that I was trying so hard to emulate and I was, that I was trying so hard to just, you know, do like chop off pieces of myself and all that type of stuff. For other people, they were just simply being, they weren't really trying to be anything else. They were really just doing what felt natural to them, you know, and they were kind of like free in a way. And so when I got my diagnosis and I looked back on the years that I was trying to like, you know, perfect myself and be so much more than what I was supposed to be. I realized that I didn't have to do all that, I didn't have to be perfect, I didn't have to do things that didn't really match up to how I thought and how I interacted with the world on my own terms. So after I made that realization, I was just like, okay, like I don't need to be so hard on myself, I can make mistakes. I could, I could go to a meeting and, you know, stutter a little bit, you know, I, I, could, I could have different difficulties with different sensory issues and actually get accommodations for that. I could actually change things to make things more comfortable for myself instead of having to restrict myself to make everybody around me comfortable all the time, which I still do to a little degree cause I'm not selfish, but, uh, I think that overall it's important to give myself space to breathe and to express myself as freely as I can. So that's, that's definitely the mindset shift that I've had recently.
0: And how's that kind of impacted your mental health since you kind of started making some of those changes?
2: It's been beautiful honestly like I think before I was really like like really hard on myself for just everyday things Cla I always felt like I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't I wasn't enough overall so when I got the diagnosis I felt like I was enough I felt like I was okay to just you know just simply be to make my own mistakes and to evolve as a, at my own natural pace and so um yeah like that's that's pretty much it.
0: Now, the uh, two of you just released uh, the first film from Jamrock Productions called Neurodivergent Files. Why was it important for the two of you to make your first film about the neurodivergent experience?
1: Uh, I could go with this one. Well, uh, when we started Jamrock, I feel like the main thing that we wanted to do was kind of be relatable to our peers, kind of like give a, uh, give our peers a voice, uh, have them... Have somebody that's speaking for them. And uh we thought that we could do this uh because it's something that Jason has been dealing with, you know, his whole life. So he obviously knows about it, he knows his story and it kind of gave him like the freedom to express himself and like I guess the freedom to like speak his mind about certain things. And I was just being there to be supportive,
2: basically. But yeah, um as Cameron said, you know, I just wanted to give other people a voice for the different mental illnesses that they might have, the different um unique perspectives that they might have. Because I know that for me, like, it was really hard to find things that I related to. Even in, like, everyday media, like, I just never really attached to it all the time. But there were, like, few things that I would, like, see and I'd be like, oh, this is this is kind of me. So I just felt as though, like, me and Cameron, you know, making Jam Rock Productions, it's going to really help people to see themselves in somebody else and get, like, more reference points to who they might be overall.
0: And uh, I'm always interested in the names of companies, books, books. Um you know, things like that. Why Jamrock Productions? Where does that name come from?
2: Honestly, we just made it up on the spot. Like, I know, I'm I'm Jamaican. I, I grew up in a Caribbean household. And Jamrock is just like a, a Jamaican term. It's like it's like saying Jamaica Rock or something like that. You know what I'm saying? It was a term that just, like, floated around Jamaica. So I thought of Cameron's name. You know, his name is Cam. I call him Cam. My name is Jason. So I just yeah. took off the C, put a J, and I said Jamrock
0: Productions. So boom, boom. And we're off, right? Yeah, pretty much <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So one of my favorite parts of of the film uh, *Neurodivergent Files* was when Jason you were inside a, a school and there was a ramp in the building, and you rolled uh, down the ramp. Uh, you know, I thought this was a really great example of a way you could get your sensory needs met, a way to uh, regulate yourself that people might not think of is, you know, maybe socially appropriate. What are what are some ways you regulate yourself when someone thinks it's socially acceptable or not?
2: So first to answer the question, I feel as though in the moment when I was making that video, it kind of didn't meet my, sen- my sensory needs. Like I kind of just did it. It felt right in the moment, you know what I mean? But looking at it afterwards, it, it more so represented that that feeling of going outside and feeling like you're kind of like always making a mistake or you're always at risk of falling or, you know what I mean? And so I remember in the video, you know, I fell, I got right back up, I picked up my stuff and I started walking as if nothing really happened, but so much happened, you know what I mean? And that's, that's kind of what it represented, but back to the sensory things and what I do for myself. Um, I listen to a lot of music. If, If I'm outside, like in the city, and NYC, I'm always listening to music. I'm, I'm I'm like, rocking, you know what I'm saying? I'm bumping my head all the time, you know what I mean? Like, it's just stuff like that that kind of, like, regulates me because the city is so noisy. I don't know if you've ever been to New York City, but it's it's ridiculous out there, man. I, I remember last time I was out there, I couldn't even hear what my friend was saying. It was just, like, an ambulance passing by, people beeping their cars. It was just too much. But normally whenever I deal with that, it's just, like, with headphones and whatnot. But in other ways, I also... It's, it's going to sound silly, but I also chew a lot of gum. Like if people, people know me, they know me, I'm the, I'm the gum person. I always have gum on me because I like to just chew and just, you know, I don't know. It just feels right. This feels really right. And also another way that I did it is just like, I play drums. Like I'm, I've been a drummer my whole life. Right. And people will, I remember being at like the lunch table when I was younger and just like I wouldn't be talking to anybody. I'll just be there just like drumming away, just drumming and drumming and drumming. And that's kind of how I did it in the past without really knowing that I was doing that to meet my sensory needs. I was just doing that because I felt right to me and it made me be able to express myself and make some type of like, you know, organized noise in the best way that I could. And then when I was younger, I would do so, so much like little small things that I just used to do to like regulate myself. Like when I was younger, I used to just stuff my earlobe inside of my ear and just hold it there for a long time. And it, back then, I thought that I was just doing it because it felt right, but it also, you know, blocked out noise as well. And you know, I had to stop doing that when I was in high school. I didn't want to get roasted, but you know, it was just so many things like that that were just like small things that I that I did without even knowing that I was meeting my sensory needs because I was just naturally kind of adapting to my environment. So yeah.
0: Well, I was born in the Bronx, and I lived in New York till I was about uh, fourteen. So. It, so, I was just wondering, like, um, like for me, the worst place to always go in the city was Times Square. Uh, I, I hate going there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate
2: Times Square, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, Times Square is a bad day. out there, like, it's too
1: much. Especially if it's, like, rush hour, two, It's, like, around 5 o'clock it's packed all the time <laughs> yeah.
0: it's like you can't even move like walking you know like especially during the holidays definitely right don't, don't go there during the holidays for sure what well, so do you do you like you you take the train a lot i'm just wondering about your sensory experiences um with the subway and or you know like you know what you know kind of with the noise of new york how you kind of manage that yeah
2: so i live in Queens. so if i ever do go to manhattan It's like I take the bus ride, like a 45-minute bus ride. Then I take the train, yada, yada, yada. But um, for the most part, I just have headphones. Like, headphones really saved my life. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I I love wearing my headphones, you know, listen to my music. And, you know, also, when it comes to, like, the music part of it, like, my dad was a choir director. So I feel as though music was always something that I clung to, to, you know, make me feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, that's kind of, like, home for me in a way. So, yeah, definitely just headphones and just listen to my music.
0: And uh, at the end of Neurodivergent Files, uh, you talk about the importance of acceptance of one another so we can prosper, which I thought was, was great. Um, so being that one of you is autistic and one of you isn't, what's been the process of accepting each other's neurological differences?
1: Well, for me, I would say I really don't put that much focus on it. Because uh, I've known Jason for, uh, I don't even know, I feel like it's been eight years now, eight years. And I didn't know about this until, I would say, probably like a year and a half, two years ago. So it's like I already developed a good friendship with him. And we already like related on a bunch of different other things. So it was really like, there was no need to bring attention to that. I mean, I was always a supportive, I would say I was a supportive friend like from the beginning, when there was something to talk about, when he had something on his mind about it. But, like, I would just talk about him, like, talk about things with him like it was a regular day, just treat it like it was a normal day, just treat him like my friend, like I did before. So it's really all about just, I would say just being in something, just like,
2: I don't know, not bringing negative attention to it, really. Yeah, that's 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 pretty true for the most part. Um, Like, our, our friendship was more so organic. You know, we met naturally. It wasn't like I got diagnosed and I told him about it and then we kind of, like, developed a friendship. It was already happening. So at that point, we were always just like, you know, in tune and in touch. But at least from from my perspective, when it comes to just uh being respectful of other people's neurologies and whatnot, I just try to make sure that I'm not doing too much to the point where like I'm like saying the real like saying like really graphic, disrespectful things, stuff like that. You know, I, I try and like just be as respectful as I can to the comfortability of the people that are around me. And that's just like a natural thing for anybody that I really meet. So that's, that's kind of what I do with my friendship with Cameron as well.
0: So when, when I learned I was autistic within the last couple of years, you know, it seems like it's always like, should I tell this person or not? Um, what, kind of, mm-hmm. what, what kind of, what, what kind of went into the process for you, Jason, to like feeling comfortable enough with, with Cam that, like you wanted to share, you felt like, I can share this with him.
2: Um, Low key, Cameron was also a part of the process of me learning that I was autistic. You know, I kind of, I was, I remember at the time I was just asking my friends like random things about, you know, how they experienced the world. And I kind of compared that to how I was experiencing the world, you know, I was getting some real empirical data about it. And just based on those questions and based on those things, he helped me to understand more that I probably was autistic, you know, based on what I was experiencing. Versus what he was probably experiencing, as well as my other friends as well. Yeah, so I felt I felt pretty comfortable around Cameron. You know, whenever I have a friendship to this level where it's like I know them for eight years, like I, I feel like we're always locked into the point where I feel very comfortable telling them whatever. But also, what got me more comfortable just like with the term and applying the term to myself because I, I don't feel like the term is like something that's completely me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm Jason first, and then I'm autistic. You know what I'm saying? So, in order for me to feel comfortable with the autistic label, like kind of like attached to me in a way, I kind of use social media for that. Like, uh, if, you, if you've seen like my IG post when I was saying about, when I was talking about being kind to myself, that was kind of a way of me getting more comfortable with the idea of it to the point where, you know, people who followed me, people who knew me from a childhood, like they all kind of got the message that I was autistic at the same time just through that one post. And also, like, on my IG story, I talked about different intricacies and nuances that came towards my um, authentic diagnosis. It's based on just sharing that information. I feel like I've been more comfortable overall afterwards.
0: And uh, how can people learn about Jamrock Productions beyond this interview?
1: You got it. uh, So uh, we have, uh, right now, we have uh, an Instagram page and a a YouTube uh, page as well. Uh, and Jason handled all that. He does great with the social media things, and um, yeah, so we're just going to be uh, recording more films over the summer, releasing them soon. We actually have a, a one that we recently recorded. We have that on the way. Uh, it's almost done, but we're just going to be re- uh, releasing more films uh, just about
2: different topics that we can find to like relate to different people. Yep, and we also, me and Cameron are also on IG and our, our personal pages. You know, My name is range brother J. am also on TikTok as well on if you look up long live jay you'll see my profile you know i talk a lot about music and autism as well yeah and
1: uh my profile is new day vintage i do a lot of photography and i'm starting to do
2: uh, videography as well his photography is amazing honestly like I, like if you look at the pictures like his top tier bro <laughs> top tier top tier thank bro. you bro <laughs>
0: thank you <laughs> What, what types of films or projects do you hope to, I know you said you're kind of filming something now, what kind of things do you want to like work on with uh, Jamrock Productions? Kind of what's your vision?
1: Right now, I would say just kind of similar to what we did with our first film, just like, I guess like a lot of role playing, I would say, and just kind of just putting ourselves into different situations where we could speak for other people. I guess I would take a lot of different research because it's not going to be, it's about what we deal with eventually it's also going to be about what different people deal with and like us trying to learn about that as well but i would say it's just mainly about uh issues that people aren't really like comfortable speaking about and we just want to be that voice for different people
2: also um whenever we do make the films and whatnot it's it's honestly really organic like we kind of just like come together and then whatever we yeah. feel or whatever comes up in the moment kind of just like becomes a part of the video so I think that you know a lot of it's going to be kind of just like expression for us but also as cameron said we're going to be looking into different different people and, di- and how different people are kind of experience the world and try and just like you know bring that out as well like not just from our perspective but from other people's perspectives as well yeah and just to add on real quick as you
1: said it's like everything that we do is really organic really natural so uh, I don't know. There might just be a random video in there just one day or something like that, just something random. I don't know, that's kind of different from the norm. Like uh with my photography, like Jason was really helpful with me building my photography. And like all the times we would go together, it would be like a natural thing. We would just go out one day and just take random pictures. So it could be something like that where we just take a random video and just post that to the public. It's just, I don't know, it's just what we're feeling in the day, I would say. The ideas just
2: really come off the top of our heads in the moment. It's it's so interesting too. Like we'll we'll be just doing something. Like we'll just come together and be like, oh, let's just. Like, I got this idea. Let's just do it. And then afterwards, I would look back on the video and I'm like, yo, this touched on way more than I thought it would touch on. Like it, it, it hit so many levels at the same time that I just didn't expect it to hit those many levels. Like it, it, like people were reacting to like the first film that we made, and people were like really like they were pulling things out of it that was personal to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just what we put like, we didn't like structure it away for them to like, you know, take specific things out, but yeah. you know, everybody could take something from it. And it was always a uh, very, uh, what's the word? Just, it's a lot of levels to it, I guess. Yeah.
0: It, I guess it's a little bit like how I, we were talking earlier about like you rolling down the ramp and how I took it to like a sensory thing and, and you, and you were like, mm-hmm. nah, that's not exactly what I was thinking
2: exactly 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 but you're you're open to your own interpretation as well so it's all good so yeah that was perfect
1: yeah that's the thing it's really just about whatever like what other people think what like our viewers think about the project it's really not entirely about us we also want to like be open to the public and i would say i don't I, I feel like jason does this too but like i enjoy hearing the different perspectives about different people's like viewing points about the projects as well just like their own different perceptions of it
0: well, I, I appreciate both of you. Thanks for making the time to uh, talk with me today.
2: No problem. Thank you. Thanks so here.
0: Thanks so much to Jason and Cameron for the conversation. To watch their film, Neurodivergent Files, please check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. Here at Autism Personal Coach, our clients are the experts. Our coaches are the guides. The majority of supports for autistics are not very helpful. They try to fix us, not support us. That's why many are confused when we say our clients are the experts, experts of their lived experience. Our clients are the experts for what's worked for them and about the things they need and want in their lives. Our coaches first listen to their clients, then ask questions, offer resources and strategize with our clients so they can get what they need to thrive. Would you want a guide in your life to coach you to get the things that you desire? If so, then visit autismpersonalcoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.